Okay, so before we start, I thought it might be a little ill-advised of me not to put a content warning right on the top of this one, just a little one. Um, so that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, if you clicked on the episode, you're probably at least kind of aware of the subject matter, but for those who are completely uninitiated, uh, the production of this movie and the movie itself have a lot of talk of heavy drug use, sexual assault, and suicide, among other things, and a lot of this is involving younger people. So do with that information what you will. Please take care of yourself, and if you decided to stick around, enjoy the episode. Thank you very much. I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1943. When I was 16, I started shooting amphetamine. I shot with my friends every day for three years, and then I left town, but I've gone back throughout the years. Once the needle goes in, it never comes out. This was a quote from Lawrence Donald Clark, otherwise known as Larry Clark, a film director, photographer, writer, producer, and overall controversial figure in the world of film. Some of his creations were photograph books earlier in his career titled Tulsa from 1971 and Teenage Lust from 1983. Both had notoriety in their own ways, but both are an unflinching and seemingly voyeuristic look at young people having sex, shooting up drugs, and playing with guns told from an autobiographical standpoint. Even before Larry set foot into directing films in the 1990s, he was being criticized for his early work raising concerns about it being exploitation, no matter how authentic he might have described it being. While some saw it as sleazy or disgusting, his photographs at the same time were being put on display at the Whitney Museum of, of American Art and the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston, as a couple examples. In a Vice interview in 2014, Larry claimed that he doesn't necessarily embrace the controversy, but he realizes that it just happens. It's an inevitability. Crossing the line for the sake of authenticity is a necessary step to make art with any real value. Larry said himself, quote, I'm just trying to show real life. All of my work throughout the years is about a small group of people who you wouldn't have known about otherwise, end quote. And then, in the summer of 1995, the world was not ready for the first Larry Clark directed feature film titled Kids. And really, the world lost their shit. This is not going to be a uh, scene-by-scene analysis of the movie Kids by any means, but I'll quickly go over the plot of the movie and the facts surrounding it. Kids is quite literally the day in the life of a few teenagers in New York City during the AIDS epidemic of the 1990s. We literally follow a group of skateboarders walking the streets, shoplifting booze, finding drugs, going to parties, and of course having sex. The plot that we're meant to follow is Telly, played by Leo Fitzpatrick, loves only having sex with girls who are virgins. He talks about this in grim detail with his best friend Casper, played by Justin Pierce. We find out over the course of the film that a girl named Jenny, played by Chloe Savini, tests positive for the HIV virus, but she had only ever had sex with one person, Telly. The rest of the movie is between Jenny attempting to contact Telly about him having the HIV virus before spreading it to anyone else, and the debauchery that Telly and his friends get involved with throughout the course of the day. Ben Dedrick of the New York Times has described the film as Lord of the Flies with skateboards, nitrous oxide, and hip-hop. There is no thunderous moral reckoning, only observational detachment. Which is par for the course when it comes to Larry Clark's career. Of course, as Larry does... 
He really lent himself to the uh, research, similar to the creation of his photo books back in the 70s and 80s. He hung out with the skateboarders in New York and studied them like people study animals in the wild. Larry met Harmony Corinne, who was an actual teenager at the time in Washington Square Park, and Harmony wrote the film based on experiences that he had in that community. Harmony claims to have written the screenplay throughout the course of a week, and it was easy because he knew all the kids involved with the production. Larry famously casted people without any acting experience, like Justin Pierce as an example. Justin was a member of the uh, original Zoo York skateboarding team prior to the production, staying at a flop house, and was literally Casper on and off screen. Justin was uh, arrested during the production of the film. Uh, cinematographer Eric Edwards said, Justin did get arrested once when we were filming. He hit somebody or something, and he threatened to commit suicide in jail. It got really ugly. We had to go down and bail him out. It was a big deal. This is just one example of the living too hard lifestyle that Larry put on display in kids. That is all but a documentary, you know, if it weren't for the slight through line of the, uh, of the plot that we discussed above. But, you know, this living hard and fast lifestyle would unfortunately take the lives of some uh, of the talent involved. Some of the actors and actresses involved had careers post-production, Leo Fitzpatrick and Rosario Dawson as good examples, but Justin uh, would unfortunately pass away due to suicide in 2000, and Harold Hunter would pass away due to a cocaine-induced heart attack six years later. At the time of the film's release, it was met with mixed criticism in the festival circuit. Some saw it as something important, something to be heralded, a public service announcement about unprotected sex. But some were quick to say that Larry's efforts to capture realism went way too far. Everything from filming underage people, some as 11, some as young as 11, smoking weed, to filming simulated sex between minors without any parental supervision. Some thought that even though these kids were already smoking weed before the cameras were rolling, there was no reason to facilitate minors using drugs on set. Larry was the adult, they were the kids. As the chronic cinephile put it, by trying to make a film that warned people about the ways kids can get into danger, he made a film by putting kids in danger. The film was deemed controversial upon its release and caused public debate over its artistic merit. It received an NC-17 rating from the MPAA, but was released without a, uh, without a rating. As far as the film's importance morally, it's hard to come to grips with it being some kind of cautionary tale because that's up to whoever's watching it, ultimately. The film is kind of a, like, shallow in depth. Harmony Korine even stated that the AIDS thing was like Jaws. It was a device that propelled it. We didn't know anything about the disease other than that we didn't want to get it. And the plot reflects that because there's little discussion about AIDS. But it also does kind of show the, the inherent sort of naivety when it comes to these kids and what they thought about AIDS at the time. When it comes to a cultural impact, there has been one, like Mac Miller's 2010 mixtape titled Kids as a prime example, and uh, plenty of references scattered in the world of, you know, punk music, hip-hop, uh, like the band Amur, uh The Weeknd, Dr. Dre. Larry Clark would uh, continue to direct similarly controversial films like Ken Park and Bully, and Harmony Corinne became an established writer and director for cult classic films like Gummo and Spring Breakers. The cultural impact of kids overall is that it's still a talking point for the conversation. How far is too far 
when it comes to portraying the realistic trials and tribulations of young people, similar to the conversations surrounding more recent works of media like mid-90s Euphoria or Skins. Most of all, Kids, I believe, serves as a close look at a secret world, invisible to most but too real to those involved, a snapshot before the internet was so pervasive, and possibly a movie that was way too real to have been made in the first place. So, what are my thoughts on kids? I first became aware of the movie when I was in high school, maybe around 14 or 15 or so. I remember pirating it online with a few of my other friends who skateboarded as well. You know, we wanted to watch it. It was controversial. We had to have it. (laughs) Uh, On the one hand, we were stoked that there was a movie surrounding skateboarders that wasn't corny as hell, like Grind, the one from 2003 with Adam Brody in it. Yeah, that one. And it also wasn't a piss-poor attempt at understanding young adults and being gritty as hell like 2009's Street Dreams starring Paul Rodriguez, Mr. Plan B himself. No, Kids was gritty and weird as hell. I remember being gobsmacked by all the weird lingering shots, the violence, the profanity, as well as the fact that at the end of the movie, I witnessed a five-minute-long uninterrupted sequence of a sexual assault on a girl who was passed out at a party by a main character. It's just, I, I, it's beyond, there was nothing, there was no frame of reference for me at all. So, after Casper assaults Jenny on the couch, sorry, spoiler alert, assaults Jenny on the couch at the party, he says the final words in the movie after he wakes up, Jesus Christ, what happened? And that was absolutely how I felt after watching it. I was disturbed. It was like I watched something that I shouldn't have been allowed to see or something, and I think that's the intended effect. Mileage may vary on whether or not that's a good thing. So my life was nothing like that, obviously, but I was more... It was a more accurate depiction of parties that I attended as a skateboarding teenager than what I saw in, like, other movies of that era, like She's All That or Clueless or something. It felt real because it was real. And the more I dug into the movie's history, the more I was kind of morbidly fascinated by it all. Do I think the movie was exploitation? I don't think I have a definitive answer for that, but I think Harmony Corinne put it the best way possible when he said, quote, That movie could never exist today. I don't even know what the laws are now and what the rules are. I just don't think any of it could happen, end quote. The movie and the events following it, in my opinion, are a prime example of why there are laws in place for young actors when you're working with them for films, television, uh, certain working conditions that are needed, support, and so forth. I think that the way Miramax rolled out the film was also kind of abusive to its talent because after it kind of left the actors out in the cold while they raked in the money effectively raked in money off of the lifestyles that the actors helped bring to life on screen. And by all accounts, I don't think Larry Clark even attempted to intervene with all that. I couldn't find any evidence of that. According to Chloe Savini, they they weren't even allowed to attend the screenings because Miramax thought giving off the illusion that the kids were still living their lives on the street would make for a more realistic experience for the viewer. Just taking advantage of the talent. Anyways... The movie couldn't be made in the year 2022 without Larry Clark's head being placed on a pike, obviously. But I think that there's a lot of good reasons why the movie shouldn't be made today as well. Effective stories have... It's proven that effective stories can be told about adolescence and the struggles involved with that without putting people at risk. Like Euphoria as a prime and recent example. Cultural phenomenon. 
Do I think the movie is bad, dangerous, or alike? Personally, I think that if you can stomach it, it's a really fascinating watch and a piece of cinematic history that simply could never and should never be replicated. For me, it made me, like when I watched it as a teenager, it made me never want to do drugs <laughs> or drink or go to New York ever, right? But Leo Fitzpatrick from the film even claimed that the movie had the opposite effect on others and that he's been told that they longed for their day in the life of a skateboarding teen during the AIDS epidemic in the 90s. So, like any other piece of art, it's truly up for interpretation. So, that was a quick and dirty analysis of the 1995 movie Kids. Um, I, I actually revisited the movie, which is fully available on YouTube at the time of recording. Um, and uh, honestly, I thought that maybe because I was an adult now, you know, I'm almost 30, uh, maybe maybe it'll change its effect on me and it won't be as jarring. No, I felt like I needed a shower and that I never wanted to see alcohol again after watching it. Uh, part of me does admire the fact that, especially, like, you know, as an example, in the scene where Telly and Casper end up at their friend's flop house, um, how accurate that scene must have been. Everything from watching, like, you know, Mark Gonzalez skateboarding on the TV, uh, laughing about blowjobs, doing whippets, talking on the phone on a landline, um, how true to life that that, all of that must have been. Um, you know, it, it, the authenticity is, you know, to me, it's only artistic merit. But also, there's a bit of cognitive dissonance here, because I still understand that Larry Clark created an unsafe working environment for the people that are involved, and it was definitely crossing the line, you know. So, what are your thoughts about the movie and its production? Do you think that there's any artistic merit to it at all? How important is authenticity to film, television, or whatever? And how far is too far when portraying it? Uh, thank you to Mitchell Bradshaw and the Chronic Cinephile for their informative YouTube videos on the subject. Please check them out. Uh, please rate this podcast if I've earned it. And until next time, this has been Wes McGill. Thanks for joining me down the media well. Uh, take care of yourselves and have a great rest of your day. <laughs>